You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Be it superstition or just an apparition, you suddenly appear inside my heart. Does this strange romance stand ghost of a chance? Welcome to From the Bleachers. I'm your host, as always, Seamus Clancy, coming to you from the wonderful Bleeding Nation Radio Podcast Network. Now I'm recording this. On a rainy Wednesday afternoon, March 31st, last day of the month, this morning, Brandon Lee Galton, BLG, our great overlord, and I did a little radio podcast sesh on the Locker Room app. You got to download it. We have do a show on there, schedule a time. We have people come up and chat with us. They can ask us questions. They can contribute. You can literally be on a BGN radio podcast. We do the shows. We download them. We put them in the BGN radio feed. So if you missed the show, you can catch up on it there. Listen to the replay for people who want to look out and want to be on the app and want to talk with us. You know, we'll be posting it on the website whenever we do these shows. We'll be plugging them on social media, on Twitter and Facebook. And it's a great way to kind of just chat with the listeners and fans and everyone who loves the Eagles out there. And we're going to be ramping them up as we get closer to the draft, doing them at least once a week. We're experimenting with different, you know, time of the days and different dates to do it. We've done uh, this morning, we did a Wednesday morning show at 9 a.m. We've done some weekend shows. We've done a Friday at noon, Saturday afternoon. We're going to keep just figuring out wor- what works best for everyone and what works best for me and BLG. If you have some times that you'd like us to try out one, me and BLG are certainly game for that. Just hit one of us up on Twitter or email or on you know comment on one of the post articles where we're saying, hey, we're doing this you know Wednesday morning, blah, 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 whenever. What's going on in Eagles world? The biggest trade... For this franchise in five years, in 2016, two huge trades happened that completely altered the trajectory of the Philadelphia Eagles. In the spring, the Eagles make the move, jump up twice from the 13th pick to the second overall pick, trading away multiple future first rounders, second rounders. They opened the war chest to the Cleveland Browns for the ability to go up and select Carson Wentz with the second overall pick, one pick behind Jared Goff. That Labor Day weekend, the Eagles trade Sam Bradford because the Minnesota Vikings, they thought they were a Super Bowl team, and their quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, suffered a severe, catastrophic knee injury that was going to keep him out for that season. actually kept him out for multiple seasons. It took a while for Teddy to actually get back and play in an NFL game. It was Tremendous comeback, but the injury was just gruesome. But the Vikings said, we can't put on the season. We have some good skill position players that were around Teddy. We had a great defense. We need to do something. So they got the guy, a former Heisman Trophy winner, a guy who could just never find the right offensive coordinator, can never find the right guy for him to, you know, make him the great elite NFL quarterback he should have been. They go out and get Sam Bradford. They give the Eagles in return a first round pick and a future fourth round pick. It puts the wheels in motion for Carson Wentz's development. And rather than sitting his rookie year, Carson Wentz comes in and is the starter from week one in 2016. Has some highs, has some lows, but he gets his feet wet in the NFL, gets that developmental track 
going. And as we know, he comes back in 2017. His sophomore season has an MVP-type campaign, plays an integral role in the Eagles getting home field advantage for the Super Bowl. If it's not for his presence on that team, for his arrival in Philadelphia, for the coaching staff that was put into place because he came here, the team has never won in the Super Bowl. So they made two trades in 2016 that, again, completely altered the trajectory of the franchise and put him on the path to winning the Super Bowl. Now, the trade the Eagles made this past weekend, Friday afternoon, I'm counting that as the weekend Friday afternoon. I don't know if it'll have that much of a monumental impact, but it's definitely the biggest move they made since then. The Eagles traded the sixth overall pick in, well, if you're listening to this, you're probably listening in April. So this month's draft, April 29th, the first round is uh, going on, that they traded the sixth overall pick this year and the 156th pick, which is a fifth round pick, to the Miami Dolphins. For the 12th overall pick, the 123rd overall pick, which is a 4th round of the Eagles now have a 4th round and they lose. 5th round and they had multiple 5th rounders. And the juiciest part of that trade is obviously the 2022 first round pick the Eagles pick up from Miami. It's Miami's own pick. I know they have a ton of picks, future picks coming out there from Houston and now San Francisco and all these teams. But the 2022 pick is from Miami. Initial reaction. This sounds like kind of a joke tweet. I know everyone makes like, Therapist jokes on Twitter and all these things. So uh, Friday afternoon, I'm doing my you know monthly video stash with my therapist, and I get a million push notifications and texts, and I'm like talking to the guy. I've seen him for four or five years now. We have a good relationship. He knows the deal with me and you know the birds. And I'm like, hey, I gotta go. I got I gotta deal with all this, and he was fine with it. So I you know hop off that, and before he closes, good luck with the Eagles. And I'm like, you could have said that at any point, at the end of the, any session for the last five years. And he just laughed, and I laughed, and we hung up, and then, you know, started tweeting my butt off after that. Initial reaction to the trade, I think for a lot of people, it was anger, and it's understandable. Harry Roseman's r- track record of identifying elite talent just isn't there. The Eagles are barren of great young talent on their roster. What I thought, and what BLG has thought, and what a lot of people have thought, you know, people on Twitter that I respect, and, you know, my own opinion, which I respect and you all should respect too, is that the Eagles needed blue chip premium talent. And moving down from 6 to 12 takes away some of that ability to do so. There's more variables on the board. Maybe you could get a guy that you were going to take at 6 at 12. Maybe if Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chase were already off the board at 6, the Eagles would take Devonta Smith or Jalen Waddle. And there's still a possibility that those two guys are available at 12, but Eliminate the variables. If that's your guy, if Jalen Waddle's your guy, if Kyle Pitts is your guy, if Devonta Smith is your guy, just take him at six. We've seen in the past, I think back to the infamous 2014 draft, the Eagles are like, oh, you know, we had five guys on our board and they, they weren't there at 22. So we traded down the 26 and we didn't know who to pick and we grabbed Marcus Smith and he wasn't a real NFL player. I don't want to have that vibe this year. The Eagles need a franchise altering talent. And again, they could get the guy 12. If it's, you know, if Jamar Chase goes in the top five, maybe goes to six to Miami at four or five quarterbacks. So it looks like five quarterbacks might go in the top 10 now because their 49ers are heavily rumored to be interested in Mac Jones from Alabama. So five quarterbacks go. You're going to get some talented players pushed back to 10 or to 12, I should say. You could have maybe one or two receivers there between Waddle and, again, Devonta Smith, teammates at Alabama, both guys that... Looks like Jalen Hurts, and we're going to talk about Jalen Hurts more. He's kind of the primary focus of this podcast. And again, we will get to that. Two guys he has a rapport with from college. His college days down at Alabama. 
could have maybe your pick of the cornerbacks there. It could be Patrick Sertain, too. It could be J.C. Horn. Caleb Farley is not a guy I want to touch because of injury concerns that early in the draft. I want to touch him in the first round, but it's a different discussion. So you could, you know, you could have J.C. Horn or uh, Patrick Sertain the second. But the thing is, if you really loved one of those cornerbacks, I think they could have been in the mix at six if, if Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts were gone. Uh, you know, maybe just take J.C. Horn at six if you love them that much. And I understand the optionality of it. And again, we will get more into that, especially what it means for the future of the quarterback position with the team. But it's just like, you never pick that high. The Eagles have picked in the top six twice in the last decade. And they did in 2016, but that almost doesn't really count. They weren't so terrible that they were picking the top six. They got the second overall pick, but they didn't have a top 10 pick originally. Again, they did that double jump up to get Carson Wentz. And then in 2013... They had the fourth overall pick, and they used that because they were terrible. They were a 4-12 team in 2012. It was Andy Reid's last year with the team. And they select Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson goes on to be having an all-pro career. For a period, was the best right tackle in football and still might be when he's healthy. I know he's battled injuries the last couple of years. Uh, formidable part of a team that won the Super Bowl. Their best offensive lineman, maybe their best overall player, uh, other than the way Nick Foles performed in those two games, the NFC Championship game, Super Bowl, maybe the best player. On a Super Bowl winning team, Lane Johnson was. Will be in the Eagles Hall of Fame. They got that guy with a top six pick. A top four pick, really. The fourth overall pick. They haven't picked that high since then. Again, except the Wentz year. I'm not counting that because it's a it's a double trade-off. They weren't there because they were bad. The way the Eagles are, were terrible in 2012, 2020, and now are deserving of this high pick. They needed to come away with a guy who could be the next Lane Johnson. I don't mean that's an offensive line. Maybe Penny Sewell uh, fell to them at six. If I guess if they really like Sewell, they would have just stayed at six. Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't you know, have strong feelings. He set out this last season. Hasn't played a game since, what, January 2020. Maybe they don't have that kind of feel for the guy after not watching this past year. And then there's Rashawn Slater from uh, Northwestern who could go pretty early. Um, so there's a lot of options there that could have been there with the sixth overall pick and... Again, you're going to have some guys that fall to 12, but eliminate the variables. The margin for error is slimmer the higher you pick. The better chance you're going to get a guy who's going to transform your team. He's going to be that talent that takes this team from an afterthought in the city. This is this offseason has the least juice I've seen as an Eagles fan. I've been a fan since, you know, obviously I'm born from Philadelphia. I was always an Eagles fan. It wasn't like I, you know, I'm 15. I'm like, hey, I'm not a fan of the Raiders anymore. I'm an Eagles fan. When I first started really following football in 2001, and obviously I, I came into the golden age of the Eagles, obviously they had never won a Super Bowl before, and then that Andy Reid era where they're going to the NFC title game every year was awesome. But So they had a lot of good teams this century, but they've had some bad ones too. They've had the 2015 season, the 2012 season, Andy's last year here, and then they had the disaster that was the 2020 season, maybe the worst of them all. But each of those seasons, there were things to think about in the future. In twenty after the twenty fifteen season, they you know they were making up a, they were making the trade into the top of the draft to get a franchise quarterback that got people buzzing. They had a new quarterback, they had a new coach, I should say. They obviously had a new quarterback, a new coach, and Doug Peterson. People were iffy on him at first, but as, when the season gets along, people get into him, and obviously becomes a, a folk here in the city before he was unfairly dismissed this past season, which I've covered on the podcast plenty of times uh, back in January and February, but. It's just not there this year. There's the excitement for the draft. You know, my, my job is to talk about the Eagles, whether it's on BGN or NBC Sports or in my newsletter, which you should be subscribing to, patreon.com backslash Seamus Clancy. The From Broadway with Love newsletter talking about Eagles, Sixers, Phillies, Flyers, whatever, every Monday through Friday morning, email right into your inbox, that people just aren't excited. I, I do my weekly mailbags at, 
that be Jenny should be running. But like, if I was doing this in the 2016 offseason, I think people would be much more amped and more excited for what was going on. And just the the vibe is off. The vibe is off of this team. The Eagles have unquestionably been, you know, the most integral team in this city my entire life. And I think that's a switch that happened during the Buddy Ryan era. That's a different. That's a discussion for a different podcast. Maybe I'll have a guest on to talk about that one day in the you know the doldrums of the offseason and the in the post draft you know pre pre training camp pre preseason time period. But the Eagles have always been number one. Doesn't matter when the Phillies they're winning you know division title after division title, making the World Series, winning a World Series, making the National League Championship game, National League Championship Series. I say it is baseball, not the NFL. The Eagles were still like had that aura over all those teams saying, you know, no matter what happens, you could have the best team in the world. This is still the Eagles town. And it is. If you, you know, you flipped on sports radio, they'd be talking about the Eagles more than they would a, a Sixers team that, as of this recording, is tied for first place in the Eastern Conference right now. But the buzz just isn't there. I mean, people are talking about the team, but the excitement level isn't there. And I hate it. I'm a fan. I'm a writer. I'm both. This is like, all my personal life revolves around, and it's all my professional life revolves around. I'm getting sweaty and feisty if you're watching this video. I'm doing another video recording. Subscribe to the BGN YouTube page if you're listening to the podcast. I will put a link to our channel in the podcast description. You can check it out. I'm a mess right now. I'm, 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 I'm amped. I'm amped. It made me the wrong way. I want this team to feel like fun again. I want us all to be excited. I want the city to be buzzing the way it was in the 2017 season, the 2018 playoffs, those weeks after the you know leading up when Foles went on that another run and they beat the Bears, all of those things were amazing. The vivacity gave me and all of my friends and family members, it was awesome. And even in the offseason where every team should be treating it like, oh my God, like if we make this one move, we hit on this one pick, this one trade, we can make the playoffs. I mean, we could fight our way into the Super Bowl. That's, that's what the... The dream of the offseason is hope springs eternal around draft season. You're going to get this guy who's going to transform the future of your franchise. And those vibes just aren't there with the Eagles right now. And to me, the way to get there was to keep the sixth overall pick and take whatever stud was there and take things from there. And it's all in the name of optionality. Now, this is kind of what the main focus... <laughs> the main focus. I'm 14 minutes in and I'm on a 30-minute podcast. This is really the main focus. But, you know, I just got riled up and had a rant. It's from, from the bleachers. I'm the guy from the bleachers screaming his head off. But what does it mean for the future of the franchise quarterback? I think Jalen Hurts, he's the short-term winner of this trade. Uh, moving back from 6-12 to 12 and picking up that future first-round pick from Miami. And he's also the, the future loser of the trade in the sense that 2021... You know, unless Justin Fields falls to 12 and the Eagles love him. And, but I think if the Eagles really love Justin Fields, they would have just stayed at four and taken him. Or, sorry, stayed at six and taken him if he fell. So the, they're at 12. They're they're going to go cornerback. They could go, you know, they're a team that is always built for the trenches. They could grab a Gregory Rousseau from Miami. I'm wearing this uh, Miami Hurricanes hat just randomly. I, I want it in like a, you know, rare vintage, rare vintage, great store. Uh, you know, from from Philly guy, they have tons of great vintage sports uh, wear on their website. This isn't a sponsored post; just I love their stuff, and I'm rocking this hat because it's green, and I'm wearing this little uh, Philadelphia Eagles cutoff sweatshirt. Uh, where was I? Oh, so they get Gregory Rousseau from Miami, and maybe for Sean Slater's there, that's the pick for them. Uh, maybe uh, you know they could like any edge guy, Aziz from Georgia, uh, Quiddy Pay, 
from Michigan. I think he's kind of a Brandon Graham type, and I don't mean that necessarily as a compliment because obviously Brandon Graham is an Eagles legend, but just this undersized pass rusher uh, from Michigan. So that's the Brandon Graham archetype, right? Um, so th- there's move to be made at 12, but I, I don't know if they're going to completely change the trajectory of the team, I'm saying. So you have this pick that's probably not going to be quarterback. You cross quarterback off, off the list this year. It seems like rumored the Eagles try to make a play into the top three that that Miami pick, which, you know, San Francisco jumped up to the third pick. Uh, they liked Zach Wilson, but it came, I guess it became evident and it seemed obvious to a lot of people that Zach Wilson is going number two overall to the New York Jets. Former Eagles vi- vice president of player personnel, Joe Douglas, now in charge there. I would probably give him a call and say, hey, Joe, you taking taking the BYU kid? Because if not, we're trading up the three to get him. You taking him? I'm taking him. Okay, we don't need to do this song and dance then. So 49ers jump up there, probably taking Mac Jones. Could t- but if they could also take a Trey Lance, Justin Fields, we will see how it plays out. So the Eagles probably aren't getting a quarterback this year. So that's a win for Jalen Hurts. But they don't, they're do not they not essentially putting him in the best position to succeed. Yeah, they could still take a Devonta Smith or a Jalen Waddell at the 12th pick, but they could have also maybe landed Jamar Chase at 6. And, you know, he seems to be one of the best wide receiver prospects in years. He's He seems to be a Larry Fitzgerald, Calvin Johnson, transformative type of presence at the wide receiver position. And that's just a thing the Eagles haven't had ever in my lifetime, except for the single 2004 season with Terrell Owens, which I've definitely talked about to you before. I think I did a T.O. pod, you know, when? You know, a couple months ago, maybe, during the season, during the offseason. I got a little bottle, if you're watching on YouTube, of, it's empty now because I drank it, but a Terrell Owens wine I bought as an online store. Not not a sponsored post, not a sponsored post. Just, I love T.O. and had to, had to rock my support for him. So I could have had him at six. And maybe, maybe Miami was going to take him at three anyway, and he wouldn't fall there, but... You never know what's going to happen. And Kyle Pitts, a lot of people like him more than I did. I, I think I've talked about him here. I've talked about it on the, the locker room shows that me and BLG do. Again, they are going to be posted in our feed, so you can always catch the replays, even if you're not able to catch the show live and contribute to the show with, with questions or takes or those types of things. But, you know, people love him. He, you know, ran a, a 4 4 uh, 444 today, I believe. The, his pro days, his vertical leap was in, uh, outrageous. He almost seemed to have like Calvin Johnson like measurables in a way. Obviously, Calvin he didn't have the speed that Calvin Johnson had uh, coming out of Georgia Tech, but just this this physical, uh, you know, he's a beast. He's a beast. Beast mode. I got, I got a new nickname for him Beast Bone. Have you ever heard that one before? It's a good one. So you're not going to get one of those two guys, probably. And again, I would have been head over heels or head over feet if you're an Alanis Moore set fan. Uh, to take Devonta Smith at 6. So if, if they end up getting him at 12 or they get Jalen Waddle there, I'm going to be excited. Uh, you know, th- that those are two guys that could still really help Jalen Hurts' development. It seems that, you know, Waddle even more than Smith, they all have the Alabama connection, obviously. Uh, but Hurts this offseason has said that Waddle is kind of like a little brother to him. And I think that connection's there. They're not Jalen Hurts isn't, doesn't have the the sway within the organization to say we need to take Jalen Waddle. He's not they're not gonna listen to Jalen uh Jalen Hurts just because they want him to take Jalen Waddle. All the Jalens. If the Eagles we need to make BGN shirts, we need to do more merch. I wanna get a shirt, shirt made, like Kelly Green, if they take Jalen Waddle and it just says all the Jalens on it. And then like there's a like parentheses with a Y in there on the Jalens because Jalen Waddle spells his name with a Y. You got Jalen Rager, Jalen Hurts. Maybe Jalen Waddle. Skinny. But you're taking the op. There's too many variables there to give, you know, Jalen Hurts a guy to throw to. If they really love Devonta Smith or Jalen Waddle, maybe they should have just taken him at six. 
it's a thing that's happened. They're hedging. They're hedging with Jalen Hurts, right? They're hedging. They're not like, we think you could be the guy, but we're not fully confident in you. So we're gonna we're gonna trade back. We're gonna give you this. You're gonna have another pick next year, and we're gonna get to what that means. But you know, it's a thing that's been repeated in Eagles history for the last. 30-plus years, Randall Cunningham, they didn't give him enough weapons. Donovan McNabb, they didn't give him enough weapons. Carson Wentz, they did not give him enough weapons to, you know, maximize their success. And obviously, Randall had, you know, MVP MVP caliber years, but he made an all-pro team when he went to Minnesota at like 35, 36 years old after retiring for a year, playing another season as a backup, goes to Minnesota, and as an all-pro and throwing to guys like Chris Carter, former Eagle, actually, former teammate of his, uh, you know, we could talk a little bit more about the whole Chris Carter situation. There's a lot that goes on with that in his Eagles tenure. That's not really right for this pod right now. And then rookie Randy Moss, who has like one of the best se- receiving seasons of all time as a rookie. So again, you know, Devonta Smith is not going to be Randy Moss, but maybe Jamar Chase was, and he could have had that type of transformative rookie year. Like Justin Jefferson had the best wide receiver, you know, rookie season since Moss, coincidentally, both Vikings players. And Jamar Chase was better than Justin Jefferson in 2019 when they were teammates and Chase was a full year younger than him, a full draft class younger than him. I don't know. I don't know. So what does it mean for Hurts? He's the guy this year. But they're hedging, right? They don't truly have that confidence in them because they're saying, well, we might get you a skill guy to play with. We might get you a wide receiver. We'll see how the draft board plays out. Maybe we're there at 12 and we just want J.C. Horn. We think he's a lockdown guy. Joe Horn's former son. Uh, it's got that tenacity that you want from a defensive player. Has played in a cover four system that should be similar to Jonathan Gannon's cover two system that Tampa Bay two like uh, construction that he's bringing from Indianapolis to Philadelphia as the team's new defensive coordinator. So that could be in the cards. Um, but they get that future first round pick. So the Eagles again, like I was talking about before, they could have maybe three first round picks. So you know, say Jalen Hurts, he needs to be electrifying. I think it needs to be a no doubt thing. For him to win the job and become the future franchise quarterback in their minds. And I think there's a possibility that happens. Again, I've said this before. I've said it in the locker room. i said it a lot of time. I am definitely the biggest Jalen Hurts guy at BGN. Whatever. I wear it. If it doesn't work out, you know what? That was my take. That's my guy. Stand by it. I think he can. he's supremely talented. And I think he can be at least an above average starting quarterback in this league with potential for stardom. I, I really, truly do. And maybe getting a Devonta Smith or Jalen Waddle unlocks him. And the way the team responds to him, I think that's all huge. And that could play a factor into whether he is the guy going forward. Just say he has a mediocre season. The Eagles go. You have to, you have to, uh, you know, take into account they have a 17-game schedule now when you're doing predictive records. So let's just say the Eagles go 6-11. and 11. And Jalen Hurts is okay. He has some great high, lever- high leverage moves. Has a maybe a fourth quarter comeback, two or three. Looks good in times, but just isn't consistent enough for you to say, hey, we're going to his third year in the NFL. He's a franchise guy. So that situation plays out. You have probably three first-round picks, at least two first and two seconds that year. You're in a position to move up into the top three of the draft and get one of those quarterbacks. Everyone says, well, it's a weak quarterback. You don't know that right now. You don't know that. Zach Wilson wasn't a top two pick this time last year. Joe Burrow wasn't even a first-round pick. You're even close. Uh, going into that 2019 season when he won the Heisman at LSU. Things changed rapidly, man. Matt Barkley was the number one pick, and then he fell to the third or fourth round. The Eagles got in the fourth round, I believe. Things changed with quarterbacks, and they're all going to be guys up there. Got Spencer Rattler for Oklahoma. You have Sam Howell from UNC. Maybe one of those guys is just a Heisman winner this year. We've seen that's happened with Lincoln Riley's offense, which obviously Hurts played in his last collegiate season when he transferred to Oklahoma. So, 
you know, there could be guys that next year and say, hey, we have three first. We'll throw you one of our seconds too. Let's go get our quarterback. Or it could be a situation where Russell Wilson's like, I'm out, hand up, I'm out of here. And he goes, go, boom, three picks and hurts. Handshake, let's get it done. Rust to Philadelphia, Howie Roseman's dream for the past decade. So they have options. They're, they're, they're hedging. They're not fully committed to Jalen Hurts because they probably would just stay at six and maybe draft the best non-quarter, uh, non-quarterback. Yes, non-quarterback available there where there's an offensive lineman, a receiver, a tight end, Kyle Pitts' case. Whatever it may be. So they're hedging. And I respect it. It's one of those things where in a vacuum, if another team made this move, another team was in a similar situation, I kind of said... Hey, that's smart. That's good value there. Maybe they don't love a guy at six and they think they can still get a guy at 12 that they like. But with Intawi Roseman, it's it's like it's clouding my judgment because I know that he isn't great with he's getting more darts, but he can't reach the dartboard to begin with. I think, to you know, and I, I have said this, there, there could be a great guy that falls to my 12 and it's a guy in, again, Waddle, Smith, Horn, whatever, that they would have been comfortable taking at six if they didn't have this this trade fall into their laps. And I, I don't love that thinking, though. It reminded me during the process era, obviously, I read about the Sixers forever. I was a Liberty Ballers blogger during the whole process era. You know, I think that's kind of how I made my name in the, the sports media game. And, you know, a couple of years were like, oh, we should, like, I'd rather get the, the second or third pick than the first pick. Because, like, I don't want to mess up the pick. Like, let someone else mess it up and we'll take, if there's two or three good guys, we'll just take one on whatever one's left. Are you an idiot? Take the variables out of it. If he's your guy, if you like a guy most, just be there to get that guy. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't see them trading back up again, doing like a trade down, trade up. You know, again, if they, if they like Justin Fields enough, or if they're going to trade, I don't. Um, if they're going to trade up for Justin Fields or something, they would have just taken that guy at six. I think trade up for Trey Lance or Penny Sewell if one of those guys drops Kyle Pitts. They might have just taken them at six to begin with. I think it's maybe more likely they trade down again, which I don't love. Again, like I, I get the asset game aspect of it they need a lot of talent uh having three picks total between the second and third round is huge there's three day two picks could i think they should use if they use you know if they go receiver in the first round which is i want to do i'd still love to land devonta smith heisman trophy winner like don't overthink it because of his weight he balls like like what did uh nick sirianna say in his press conference the other week we like guys who love ball and devonta smith is a heisman trophy winner i i don't care about the weight watch him on the field he doesn't play small. His quickness, he's explosive, great hands, great route runner. Don't overthink it. I don't know. We're a month away. Less than a month away. I'm amped. I'm too amped, maybe. I'm sweating this up a storm. Got my oily, you know, half Italian, half Irish skin going wild right now. If you're watching on YouTube. Uh, I don't know. They land Russ next year. I don't care about Jalen Hurts. Like the only player I like more than Jalen Hurts is Russell Wilson. So I don't want someone to wear me and be like, oh, your guy Jalen Hurts is gone now. What are you going to do? I'm like, oh, newsflash, buddy. I like Russell Wilson even more. So I'm fine with trading, all, you know, open up all those picks for him. So, you know, if that's the move, that's the optionality that comes with it, I'm fine with it. But, you know, Jalen Hurts, just the demeanor, the way he plays, the way players rallied around him, just the moxie he has on top of the mobility uh, the arm talent, I think, is there. The accuracy needs to improve, but people complain about his deep ball. Did you see that throw he made to Deshaun in the Cowboys game? The guy can whip it deep. If you're getting a guy like Jalen Waddle, who, again, he already has a rapport with, as your speed's there, that's going to be a dynamic offense. Like, I, I really think if they land, they're not going to land Chase, but just hypothetically, if they were to land one of those top three receivers, Chase, Pitts, or Chase, I guess Pitts, I'm talking about the receivers, 
Chase Waller-Smith. You can squint a little bit and see a team that's what, like a top 15 DVO offense between, I think Hurts is going to take a leap. Miles Sanders, they need to address running back, whether it's late on day three or early on day four, preferably early on day, sorry, late on day two, early on day three, preferably early on day three. I think they need to take another running back like a Javian Hawkins uh, type, uh, Chubba Hubbard, are these players like, I think Miles Sanders is good, maybe not as great as some Eagles fans think. And he doesn't seem to really stand up to wear and tear given his, you know, injury. He's had some injuries. He hasn't been able to play a ton of snaps, whether that's Doug Peterson's reasoning. But I think he, I don't think he can play as many snaps as people think. I think there's there's a wear and tear issue there. So getting another running back, and then you have Dallas Goddard, his first season as tight end one. I know Zach Ertz is, I guess, still technically on the Eagles roster, but I do not expect him to be here come week one, 2021. Ideally, I'm in the stands for that post-vaccine, having a blast. Different discussion entirely. Uh, and then you have uh, maybe a revitalized Jalen Reger. I know that um, Vince, uh, Vince, Vince Sirianni is the kid I went to high school with. So that's why I said Vince first. Nick Sirianni has a history as a wide receivers coach. Maybe he unlocks Jalen Reger. Maybe they're going to play him a little bit more in the slot this year as a vertical slot guy. Travis Fulgham, maybe they say, hey, Travis, we saw you were filming those four or five games. We think you can be that player for an entire season. And he's great on the outside. And you add a Smith, a Waddle, whatever. And then you have, you know, you have two good starters, a decent slot guy. You have Goddard ex- exploding into maybe a top five or six tight end you know, as a starter, maybe even higher. And then you have Miles Sanders, who's looking pretty good. You have another running back to compliment him. And then you have Hurts doing his thing. Maybe the offense ain't too bad this year. I'll probably eat my, I'll have to eat crow on that later on. But, you know, if they get, it's a crappy division, man. <laughs> I hate the team so much. But 29 minutes in, probably more because we got some ads in there. Are great, are great sponsors that I love. Um... <laughs> You know, you could sweat and see a decent team, especially, you know, I, I can't really count Harry Roseman to nail day two picks, but if they come away with, like, two starters from day two, two defensive starters, whether it's a linebacker or Jabril Cox, a cornerback troubling from Syracuse, um, Asante Samuel Jr., a guy I really love. Obviously, I love Asante Samuel uh, during his Eagle, when he was an Eagle Pro Bowl player. Uh, you know, a ball hawk like no other that I've seen in Midnight Green um, I'd love to get that kid here, especially if he could wear number 22, right? That'd be dope. Maybe I'll go. You know, I'm the eBay guy. I'll have to go find an Asante Samuel. Uh, you know, I'm, I love the Reebok jerseys more so than these Nike jerseys. They just fit better for, got a little bit of a beer gut, but not, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Uh, so, yeah, definitely going to do a lot more draft coverage. Uh, in the coming weeks, uh, whether it's next week or in two weeks, I'm going to do another one of those live mock drafts that I did uh, a couple weeks ago, maybe a month or two ago. I'm going to have my boys Ryan and Big Oil on. We're going to do a, I'll have like a split screen up. I'm going to use StreamYard. I'll have be able to share my screen this time. I, I was a bozo last time. I didn't do it. Got a couple complaints. Understandably so. That made things nicer and better. Still trying the video thing out, guys. You know, you, you got to work with me here. Um, so I'll have, I'll be able to share my screen, see what pit players are available, what trades I can make. We'll have a blast doing that and do a full seven-run mock draft for the birds. Have some fun. And again, I will continue to be doing weekly Eagles content here on From the Bleachers. I do my mailbag. I will be doing weekly shows on Locker Room. You catch the replays, the BGN channel also. You know, be sure to follow me on Twitter, really. It really, I'd appreciate it. It gets my work out there at Seamus under Clancy. I, I do great work at MSC Sports Philadelphia. I have a mock draft coming up for them uh, Monday morning. Uh, you will see who the Eagles draft. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, a little... Uh, preview of the guy they're taking, you know, on that pose I'm doing. And we'll take things from there. Uh, I'm excited. Um, I'm just really happy. I feel like, you know, I'm making change in my personal life, moving to a new apartment soon, um, bigger place 
area that I'm really amped to live in. And, you know, it's, it's draft weekend, so I'm excited to get in there, have these new players kind of engross me, take over my life, me watching clips of them all summer, uh, you know, drinking a nice iced Kenwood, watching some, you know, clips on YouTube, blasting some, you know, pop punk music and just living it up because that's what it's about. We love the Eagles. They irritate the heck out of us, the H-E double hockey sticks. I don't even know what I'm allowed to say on this podcast. I've cursed before and I'm just about to bleep it out or I do these like fake uh, curses like rookie of the year, funky butt loving. I feel like that's what I have to do sometimes. Um, but yeah, thank you all for listening. Be sure to check out the YouTube thing. Um, you know, I'm new to it, but I want to get better, right? That's what we want the Eagles to get better. We want to get better as podcasts and content creators. Give me a subscription on, uh, so sign up on YouTube. I think we're about to hit 400 subscribers. If we could get to 400 before the draft, I'd love it. I'd really love it. Maybe I'll do a little giveaway for an Eagles hat or, you know, some kind of knickknack or something to get us more uh, followers on YouTube. It would really be great if you could, you know, share on there, throw us a like, throw us a positive comment and, you know, just get our work out there. That probably wraps it up for me. This is a, I went a little longer than I usually do, but again, there's a lot going on in the Eagles world. I got to get my thoughts out. I'm rambling. I'm rambling. I'm rambling. I'm all amped. I'm all crazy from the trade. Um, yeah, again, that's it for me, Seamus Clancy. Again, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Seamus underscore Clancy. You know, obviously follow BGN on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Whole nine yards. Go birds, baby. Talk to you next week.